0: Welcome to this BJSM podcast and it's a pleasure to be with Dr. Mike Loosemore. Mike is at the English Institute of Sport. He's at University College London Hospital and he's a consultant in sport and exercise medicine. Mike, welcome to BJSM podcast. Thank you very much. So we'll jump straight into it and talk about exercise prescription in primary care, what, what family doctors can do, what GPs can do to promote exercise and get people active. What have you been thinking about this issue lately?
1: Well, I think it's very important that uh, GPs take uh, an exercise history of their patients as, as part of the, the normal history-taking process because, as you know, uh, exercise can help virtually every condition that uh, GPs deal with. And if you know the the exercise history of your patients, you can then try to improve their exercise or activity. It's known that even a small increase in activity has some benefits. Obviously, the, the more activity you can, uh, the patient can do, the better.
0: Mike, so let's make this really practical. I'm a doctor. I'm listening to this podcast on my way to work, and I'm going to see patients in half an hour. What would I actually do?
1: The first thing I'd do is take an exercise history or an activity history so you know what the patient is up to at the moment as far as their activity is concerned. And then I'd simply try to increase that level of activity uh, just using simple advice for example um, I often tell patients in London to get off the tube a stop earlier and walk that little bit further to work maybe if you're taking the escalator try to walk up the escalator if, if only a few steps to start with and then walk more up the escalator as time passes but just generally emphasize the importance of exercise and give them some uh, Ideas and suggestions, often patients will come up with these themselves, on how they can increase their uh, exercise and activity levels.
0: Thanks, Mike. So let's be really practical and help the doctor who's going to be thinking about this in the office. What questions, as the doctor, should I actually ask the patient? Uh, You should ask the patient
1: exactly what physical activity they're doing. Uh, Maybe this uh, just taking them through a day uh, and areas that they may do physical activity you're looking at regularity of activity and intensity of activity. Uh, Obviously, regularity is how often and how much, and intensity can be measured by uh, if they get out of breath or if they can carry out a conversation during the
0: exercise. Can you share some success stories from your practice where you might think of someone who's made a big difference as a result of this sort of advice? Yeah,
1: indeed. Uh, I can think of a a lady who had uh, chronic back pain... Uh, and who had a, an acute disc problem, uh, she recovered from this, and we gradually increased her level of activity. She worked in London, so I suggested that she get off the tube one step earlier and start to to walk from there uh, to start to walk up uh, the escalator on the tube rather than just standing on the escalator trying not to be inactive at work for more than 20 minutes so she was in an office job so just getting up from the chair, maybe walking to the end of the office, uh, getting a glass of water, coming back, uh, walking up one flight of stairs uh, during a lunch break and she started to do this, uh, this was a couple of years ago, she gradually uh, got better, got fitter and improved and I'm pleased to say last year she managed to uh, complete the London Marathon uh, without any difficulty.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic uh, practical story thanks Mike so some of that's common sense and I guess it's trying to get people to understand how important physical activity is every day I guess many of our specialist colleagues from cardiology and gastroenterology and other areas don't necessarily understand the benefits of physical activity for health have you had that experience
1: yes uh, I've been talking to some national directors of specialist areas, uh, renal and, and mental health, uh, and although they are aware that exercise is useful, uh, they're not always aware of actually how useful and beneficial it is, uh, and have been very enthusiastic about trying to increase the levels of activity in the secondary care patients. Certainly on the renal side, um, there's some very good evidence now that exercising during dialysis uh, can improve your uh, figures dramatically and maybe even reduce the amount of uh, dialysis time that is required. Uh, and it is obviously that a lot of the uh, uh, deaths in renal failure are from uh, associated conditions, which also are improved by exercise, for example, cardiovascular conditions. And this is the same with uh, people with chronic mental health issues. Uh, Often uh, they don't die from these issues, but uh, their mortality is related to uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, which can also be improved with smoking.
0: Mike, there's known benefits for mental health?
1: Yes, in in mental health, uh, in people with serious chronic mental health issues, uh, their mortality is often uh, associated with cardiovascular issues, all of which can be improved with regular exercise. There is some evidence that regular exercise also helps with uh, chronic serious mental illness, but particularly with uh, milder uh, depression and moderate depression, it's been found that exercise on a regular basis is as effective as uh, Prozac.
0: Wow. Um, and what about uh, breast c- cancer survival? Now you've got an interest in that. Uh, yes, there's some uh,
1: very interesting figures on breast cancer survivor, survival related to uh, activity. And if you can be active at the government guidelines, which is 30 minutes a day, five days a week of moderate exercise, this is as, as effective at reducing the recurrence of breast cancer uh, as taking tamoxifen.
0: That's uh, incredible and um, do you think that there is a groundswell of recognition for these facts? Like is the NHS more, and more attuned to listening to the exercise message do you think? I think the
1: NHS is becoming much more aware of the uh, exercise issues um, but still Uh, There is a huge lack of exercise as a core part of treatment in many illnesses. And it is. I hope to promote exercise as a treatment, as part of the treatment, not as the only treatment, but as part of the treatment uh, for many of these uh, chronic and enduring conditions which affect uh, secondary care as well as uh, primary care patients.
0: And Mike, I guess as we bring this towards a close... There's benefits across the lifespan, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, indeed. Uh, from children uh, where they have looked at their uh, SATS results in the United States, um, which has shown that there's an improvement in your SATS results if you're fitter, uh, and, and that is independent of obesity, right the way through to uh, a reduction of up to 40% in the occurrence of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, And in fact, your death rate at uh, 80, is, if you exercise, is the same as someone at 60 that doesn't exercise. And there's been some studies in the frail elderly uh, where they've given the frail elderly resistance exercises. And this has improved their muscle strength so that they're able to uh, move around and get out of a, a chair much more easily.
0: Uh, than before the exercise intervention. And uh, the SATs for those who aren't inclined to North American tests, it stands for some sort of standard academic test and it's a performance test in school. So, no, that perfectly makes sense, Mike. So, I guess I'm feeling pretty bad uh, because I missed my day of exercise yesterday's first day of having exercise for the year. So, I'm feeling a bit unhealthy today. So, uh, this is a good reminder for me to get out. And actually practice what we preach Um, why don't we finish by just directing listeners to a couple other resources relating to physical activity and prescribing it I'm going to mention the Stephen Blair issues of BJSM there'll be links to that on the podcast site and uh, that was in January and February of 2009 special issue of BJSM with a great summary that's still timely Mike, do you have favourite resources when you're teaching doctors and residents about physical exercises medicine?
1: I've, I've got a lot of my resources from uh, the American College of Sports Medicine uh, Exercises Medicine section and that can be contacted on org.
0: Mike, we were very happy to see the Swedish Physical Activity book and obviously promoted that on the front cover of the March BJSM Have you found
1: that useful? Uh, It's a tremendously useful uh, document and uh, the the Swedish National Institute of Public Health have have published this 600-page plus uh, book on how to use physical activity in a variety of chronic illness It's extremely useful, it's very well researched and very well referenced and I'd strongly recommend it to anybody with an interest in this area. Uh, It's a book that can sit on your desk in the surgery or in the clinic in hospital where you can access it and give evidence-based advice to your patients on a whole host of uh, chronic diseases. It's an excellent uh, reference book and also with great practical implications.
0: I think we look to that as being a complement to the BNF, so the doctors refer to it with patients and think of it like that in England and similar prescription books in other countries. There's also a podcast with the authors of that book, Maylis Helenius and Karl Sundberg, on the BJSM in the March issue and an editorial with them. So we'll provide those links on this podcast. There's a nice paper by Bob Salas this year, 20. Eleven about the exercise vital sign and he talks about asking how much exercise you do per day and how many days you do per week which gets us to that questionnaire about the physical activity level. So don't you agree Mike, it's about making a diagnosis. So doctors are used to making a diagnosis and this will give us a diagnostic test, the exercise vital sign will give us a diagnostic test and then that fits into the doctor's way of thinking that we'll treat an abnormal physical exam exam sign Mike?
1: Yes I think uh, a a low level of activity or exercise is something that doctors should be thinking about treating on a daily basis.
0: And at every appointment obviously we've been doctor focused because of one of BJSM's target audiences but just to finish with other health professionals what's been your experience in that area?
1: Well I think all health professionals should understand about the benefits of exercise and I think it is beholden upon them to uh, inform their patients that increasing uh, levels of exercises and activity is going to be good for them on so many different levels. So I'd encourage all uh, all health professionals who have contact uh, with patients to uh, spread the, the message about in- increasing your activity levels. OK,
0: so it's really a societal approach where we need publicity and pressure from the media and we need to have accessible bike pathways and encourage people to walk and use the tube with walking as you talked about. And then at the individual level, doctors have got a role to play with other health professionals in terms of continually advocating for the health benefits of physical activity at every appointment. Mike, uh, just to close, I know you got back from the boxing tournament in Turkey just the last couple of days. I think you had some good news to report for English fans in particular.
1: Uh, well, it was a, a Great Britain side and we had a, our best results ever at the European Championships in Ankara in Turkey with two gold medals, a, a silver and a bronze for the GB boxing team.
0: Well, good for GB and that all goes well for the London Olympics in just over a year. Mike, uh, thanks for being on the call today. No problem. That was Mike Loosemore who is a consultant in sports and exercise medicine, he's part of the English Institute of Sport working hard towards the next Olympic Games, he's a doctor for boxing, fencing and has had tremendous experience with elite athletes but he also advocates aggressively that exercise is the most powerful form of medicine and we look to providing great support for clinicians at BJSM to send that message all over the world. Thanks for listening.